Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Wednesday in the Word. Thank you so very much for sacrificing your time and being with us on today. I want to jump right into the Word of God. We've been hammering this whole subject matter of mind your mind, and we suggested that, number one, we have to feed our minds the truth of God's Word. That's number one. Number two, we have to free our minds of destructive thoughts. And then thirdly, we have to focus our minds on the right things. We've gotten through the feeding our mind, the truth of God's word, gotten through freeing our minds from destructive thoughts. And we've been hammering for the last few weeks this whole idea of focusing our minds on the right thing. And so even on today, we will continue that process of focusing our minds on the right things in the idea of setting our minds. I'm going to ask you to look with me, if you will, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. We've been looking at this for some time now in terms of the last couple of weeks, this whole Colossians chapter 3 where it says, um, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ. We determined that the word set in this particular verse that we see here in Colossians, the word set, in the Greek, it means to seek after. It means strive for, it means be intent on. In other words, this must be a way we choose to live. This has to become a lifestyle for us. It has to be a way that we choose to live. To set our minds on things above is to do two things. Number one, it's to look at life from God's perspective. And then secondly, it is to seek after what he desires. Okay, let's look at that again. Number one, it's to look at life from God's perspective. But then secondly, it is to seek after what he desires. Now, on last week, we wrestled with how do we go about learning to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. We wrestled with how do we focus our minds on the right things? We determine that first, we need to make the choice daily. According to Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven, we have to make the choice daily. But then second, we have to recognize that this is bigger than you. This is bigger than you. And that's in accordance to what we see in Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. Third, we have to choose to listen to God's voice and not the lies of the enemy. And that's according to John chapter 8, verse 32. Now, we ended our lesson on last week introducing the fourth practical thing that we could do to begin to set our minds on things above, which was, number four, put on the armor of God. And this is where I want to pick up today. I want to talk about pick, putting on the armor of God. Now, if you take a look at Ephesians chapter six, 
And I want you to focus, if you will, on verses 10 through 18. That's Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. And here's what it says. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will still be standing. I think you ought to highlight that. After the battle, you will still be standing. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. I think if you would note, it's very important to note right here that when we look at this passage in Ephesians chapter 6, it's almost as if, and it is, that God gives specific instructions in his word. He gives us all what we need to stand strong in this life and to keep our eyes on him. And yet, all too often, we race through our busy days ill-equipped, unprepared, or simply not aware of what we're up against or who the real enemy even is. The forces of darkness don't wait for us to be ready for their attack. If you're a believer living like salt and light in this dark world, you will not go for long without encountering obstacles and attacks that the enemy is going to throw your way. This battle is real, and I'll say it again, I've said it before, and the battle is intense. Yet God has given us his word and his spirit so that we will have the wisdom to rise above and the protection to stand against the enemy. I think it's interesting to note that Paul wrote these verses while in chains in prison. But truth helps us to know that the enemy that we face can never chain our spirits because our spirit has been set free by Christ. Mm, that's, that's worth me shouting on right there. I, I, need, I need the enemy and you to know so you can arm yourself in your own arsenal that even though you might be in chains, even though you might be held in bondage, the truth of the matter is we, our spirits can never, our spirit can never be chained because Christ 
has set us free. And he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. So Paul was not silenced by the attack from the dark forces. And neither should you and I. The battles we face may be more about what is unseen than what we see before us every day. And when we resist the enemy, God's word tells us he has to flee. Now, more than any physical danger you may be able to see with your eyes, the schemes of the devil are a Christian's greatest source of conflict. Satan and his minions hate everything that a Christian is about and will stop at nothing to defeat anyone bent on serving the Lord. The devil has declared war on the Christ followers. The devil has declared war on those of us who are following after Christ. Believers in Christ must put on, have to put on the armor of God for complete protection. Hey, pastor, listen. I heard you read this about putting on the armor of God. And uh, can you kind of walk us through this? What are the pieces of the armor of God? How can we ensure that we are protecting ourselves with the armor of God? How can I stand my ground when the enemy attacks with the armor of God? How can I focus my mind on the right things using the armor of God? Listen. I want to suggest that the way that we can do all of those, the answer to all three of those questions is this. It's putting on God's armor. Here's how it works. Here's what's involved. Okay. Here's the first one. The belt of truth. Just hang out. Look at verse 14 of your Bible. The belt of truth. If you believe that Satan is the father of lies, according to John 8, 44, and I just want you to log that in, John 8, 44, and when you get to John 8, 44, when you look at it in your own spare time, what you're going to see is right there where they call Satan the father of lies. He's the father of lies, okay? Now, when you look at that, and you understand and believe that Satan is the father of lies, then you can be sure of two things. I guarantee it. Two things. Here it is. Satan is, Satan will lie to you. Number one, he's going to lie to you in order to throw you off course. That's the first thing he's going to do. He's going to lie to you in order to throw you off course. So you have to be on guard for his lies. Okay. Here's the other thing. You must be the opposite of the devil and live a life of truth by spreading the truth about Jesus and be a truth teller with dependable honesty. Okay. Now that, that my brothers and sisters is the belt of truth. That's the belt of truth. Here's another one. The breastplate of righteousness again in verse 14 breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate was designed to be positioned over the heart and it was used to protect the vital organs from a fatal attack by the enemy. In Romans chapter six, verse 23, it tells us this, that the wages of sin is death. That's the payment. The payment of sin is death. Therefore, the breastplate of righteousness has nothing to do with our own good acts. 
It has nothing to do with your own good acts, nothing at all. As a matter of fact, it's the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross that saves you and I. So you must have Christ's salvation to protect your life. You've got to have the breastplate of righteousness, Christ's salvation to protect your life. Satan may accuse you of sin, but you can have the assurance of salvation to ward off Satan's attack. Here's another piece of the armor that he wants us to have. It's called the sandals of peace. That's in verse 15, if you will, in verse 15, he says, you must be willing to take God's message wherever he leads you, even if it means entering the enemy territory. To have the feet, your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace means that you'll be prepared for traps and snares when the devil throws obstacles in your path to mess up God's plan and your efforts. Your feet can be ready to dodge and jog around any obstacles in your way, wait for it, peacefully, without having to engage in fighting. Look at verse 16. Verse 16 tells us to have the shield of faith. Your shield counters the flaming darts of doubt that the devil loves to shoot towards any believers. You will be strongest when you read your Bible regularly and pray without ceasing. Growing in faith consistently is a part of the upkeep of your armor on this journey. When doubts sneak into your mind, combat them with God's word of his promises and love for his people. Verse 17 gives us another piece of this armor. It's called the helmet of salvation. Verse 17, helmet of salvation. Your mind is a vital aspect of your faith in God. I'll say that again. It's important for you to get this. Your mind is a vital aspect of your faith in God. With your mind, you can understand God's plan for salvation. Use your mind to distinguish truth from lies. Without your mind, you are unable to discern between spiritual truth and spiritual deception. So I want to encourage you to protect your mind and preserve your way of thinking about God. Verse 17 also tells us about the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit. This is, by the way, the word of God. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. It's your Bible. While all the other elements of our armor are defensive in nature, the sword of the spirit is the only off offensive weapon in the armor of God. If you, if you see, it's either defense or offense. It's, it's the only offensive weapon in the armor of God, the sword of the spirit, that Bible. Now, if you think words are a useless weapon, I need you to notice what Jesus did in Matthew chapter four, verses one through 11. Just log it in for yourself. Hold on to it. I want you to be able to see this in your spare time. But in Matthew chapter four, verses one through 11, if you look there, if you think words are just useless and weak, 
Jesus shows us in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, while in the wilderness, when he was tempted by Satan for 40 days in the desert, he fasted for 40 days in the desert and was tempted by Satan. The word of God was always the word of God, the word of God was always his overpowering response to Satan's attack. Jesus crushed the devil's schemes with scriptures. And if he did it, you can be equipped with the very same weapon as Jesus and be assured that you can over, overpower the devil also. Oh, yes, my God, I'm trying to get you all to see if we could only arm ourselves with God's word. Okay, look at verse 18. Verse 18 gives us another piece of this armor that many of us just dis, dis, disregard. We disregard. It's prayer. See, if the armor of God is your defensive gear and offensive weapon, prayer is your source of true power. God strengthens you when you pray in the spirit. Now, let me pause here. Pray in the spirit. That is with the mind of Christ, with his heart and priorities. That's what I mean when I say pray in the spirit, with the mind of Christ, with his heart and priorities. Now, you can try to fight Satan on your own if you want to. You can try to fight Satan in your own power. But I want to drop this on you. You're not going to win. No one has enough strength for that except God. You need God's power, protection, salvation, and his word to defeat Satan's attack against you. I'll do that again. I said, you're going to need God's power. You're going to need God's protection. You're going to need God's salvation. You're going to need God's word to defeat Satan's attack against you so you can have access to all of the things that we, in fact, are going to need only through constant prayer with God. We must gird our body, our heart, our minds against the attacks of the devil. When God's, with, with God's armor, with God's armor, you can face the devil's schemes and literally win. You can win. Now, I told you all initially that um, there were four things that we had to make sure that we uh, had you all. Four things. I want to be certain that you had those things. But let me give you number five. Number five. Number five. I want to make sure you have them. Number five. Here it is. Number five. I want you to know that num the, the fifth thing that we can do, that we can do to set our minds on the things of God. Set our minds on the things above is, here it is, the fifth thing that we can do to set our minds on the things above is guard our heart, lay aside the old nature, and let go of fear, worry, and sin. There it is, okay? Fear, worry, now let me get this to you. Here, here it is. Number one, I told you, make the choice daily. Make the choice daily. Number two, recognize that this is bigger than you. Number three, choose to listen to God's voice and not the lies of the enemy. Number four was to put on the armor, put on the armor of God. All right. Put on that armor of God. But then the fifth thing that we could do is set our minds on things above. Um, to set our minds on things above is to guard our hearts, lay aside the old nature and let 
um, go of fear, weary, and sin. Now, in Proverbs um, 4.23, it tells us this. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, and for, for, for from it flow the springs of life. He tells us, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Mm. Our inner thoughts, our words, even what's spoken to us really matters. For it can hold the power to run our lives and dictate our choices. All the more reason to make sure that our thinking is based on truth, on what God says. We got to guard, protect, to keep safe your heart, your innermost being, which represents the very core of your thoughts, your mind, your actions and decisions. For everything you do flows from it. It's just that vital. All of our lives depend on that choice to guard our hearts and to set our minds on the things above. And when we fill our minds, our thoughts, our hearts with the right things, the wrong things won't have any room to enter in. His word, his truth offers protection, a guard over our hearts and our lives for our decisions and thoughts, casting our cares to him, releasing our problems and burdens, seeking forgiveness over sin doesn't give room for us to just sit numbly with anxious thoughts spinning, choosing not to stress or walk out old patterns is an active choice we must make. It's not about pretending like we don't have worries or ignoring our problems or living a life of passivity. It requires you all effort on our part. We have to choose to give God our struggles. It requires trust on our part, letting go and remembering that he is in control. So here's the sixth thing I want to give you, and I'll leave you alone today. Thank you. The sixth is this, you all. The sixth thing is this. If we're going to keep our minds focused on things above, is believe that we, that he is with you. You got to believe that he is with you. That's number six. We've got to believe that he is with us. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, we're told in Isaiah 41, verse 10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, now it's important to note this. Doubt is one thing that many of us have probably struggled with more than anything else at some point along the way in our lives. Maybe we can't see what God is doing. Maybe the difficult times cause us to wonder if he really cares or even hears us. Or maybe we've been left wondering if we're, if we're hearing him right about the decisions or things that we're seeking to do. Often, you all, the future looks uncertain for many of us. The path gets blurred and we're not sure if we're heading in the right direction. Oftentimes, life gets hard. It seems like an uphill climb. 
we're drained and weary, or we wonder if we're just been left on our own. His truth reminds us, here it is, that he's always with us. God will never leave us or turn away. He holds through the fiercest of struggles and brings peace to uncertain times. There's no greater way to build stronger faith than to walk straight through the toughest of battles with him. For it is the very ground where we must decide what we really believe and who we believe. And as we set our minds on Christ, it becomes the place where doubt gets crushed and confidence in him can grow deeper and fuller. The word is what we need you all to help us to grow deeper and fuller in him. Even when we're having difficult times, the, the world will never tell us to live this way because it goes against the very mindset of current popular opinion but we were not set free to fit in. We've been changed to make a difference. I wanna end on this, you all. Romans chapter 12, verse two. I wanna end here. Romans chapter 12, verse two. I took the liberty of reading it. I wanna give it to you from the Message Bible. Here's what it says. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. In closing, you all, I pray that God will help you to walk wisely and live freely. May he remind you daily to set your minds on him. May he give you the power you need to extend love and light to a world that desperately need his hope.